the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a Tuesday. We got through Monday. Thank goodness for that. I got to tell you what. Mondays are always tough because you're trying to recover from your weekend. I had a great weekend with my grandson, but I'm pretty tired after I've had a full weekend of my grandson. My problem is, is that, you know, he wants to sleep with Pop at night. Oh, dear. Okay. (laughs) And and he does. And Eli does. And uh, I woke up one time Saturday night (laughs) and... He had his, he was laying on top of Linda on the other side of the bed, (laughs) horizontally across the bed and had his feet firmly planted in my back. No doubt. You know, and uh, when he would turn, he'd kick me, you know, he'd be kicking me and he woke me up and it takes a lot to wake me up. I mean, I'm like, you got to wake the dead. Unless you have a... What is he, one and a half, two years old? Three and a half. Three and a half. He's yeah, a unless big you have boy a three now. and a half in the bed. <laughs> he's a big a boy now. Yeah, he really is. Big. Well, he and he likes, here's what he likes for Pop to do. He wants Pop to carry him to bed. Oh, okay. He, he won't, wrong with that. He will not run to the bedroom. He will not walk to the bedroom. He will not jump into bed. He wants Pop to carry him to bed. That's a big deal for him. I think that's pretty cool, actually. So, yeah, so I carry him to bed, you know, and he, he likes to throw his arms around me and hug me as I'm carrying him down Aww. the hallway. I, I mean, I really do. I love my grandson. He's a great little boy. He's If if I have anything to say about it, he's going to grow up to be a very great, productive, and great American. So I'm just working with him. You're going to be involved. I understand Oh, yeah, that. I am. I'm, I've always been involved with my grandkids. And uh, my kids would tell you I was always in, <laughs> involved with them, more to their chagrin sometimes than they they would like to admit. But eight, you know, eight children, twelve grandchildren. Yeah, I had a couple of people ask me last week. I'm like, yeah, Fam- that's, family that's is true. important. You know, it really, really is. I mean, do you it's ever the watch only a, thing? You ever watch that show uh, from the guy who is homesteading in Alaska and then? His show is that he goes to other homesteaders across the United States and works with them. And and he always say says on his show, home or family is the most important thing. And I I watch him, I listen to what he says and stuff, and I just think that's a guy that I know that he and I would strike up a quick long. friendship, definitely. Uh, he's really very cool to listen to and, and watch. Anytime anything rough happens or bad you generally hear someone say the only thing i wanted to do was you know be with my wife be with my husband be with my children you know be back at home you hear it every time well when you're laying on your deathbed i don't think you want to spend more time at the office some people might there are some people i know that Eh. work is that part of them but 
Uh, work is important to me, uh, more important than what my wife would like it to be. Uh, but I will tell you that my family is more important. I, I believe that I have hit 95% of the things that my kids were doing and that my grandkids are doing, that I've gone out to see them play soccer and, and all those type of things, although I hate soccer. I'll tell you what, I think you know it's critically important for young people to have an adult, not so much not mom and dad. Mom and dad's usually there if they're around, you know, but some other adults, grandparents, neighbors, you know, whatever, that are very, very in- interested in them. You know, I think it's good for young people to have an outside adult be interested in them. Well, I think it gives them importance. Yeah, exactly. You know, kind of. I, I think as a as a kid, you feel like your parents should do that anyway. Of course, you absolutely. know what I'm saying. Say outside of mom and dad, if you're lucky that they're there and everything, but somebody else, a teacher. I had a teacher, even a grandparent. To be honest, because your grandparent is, is not He's around good. all the no, time. No, they're not. You know, I'm not around Eli all the time. Now, we do FaceTime during the week, and uh, and Linda, you know, he sends pictures through his mom to, to Nana. And yesterday he had built this thing with his blocks, and he needed to send a picture. Big, 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 uh, big smile on his face. He had built it for <laughs> Nana and, cool. and, and sent it to her. So well, it's, it's cool. He's a. He's a cool little boy. And you who have grandkids and you got that kind of relationship, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We're talking about love. Yeah. Got to give you some great things that are coming up this week. Uh, David Ray will be on tomorrow, and he's going to talk about the issues that are going to appear on the ballot three weeks from today. But early voting begins Monday. Monday is early voting, the 19th. So keep that in mind. That's when I'll vote, by the way. Just get it out of the way. Uh, kind of like the – I like to vote on Election Day, but I uh, just never know what to expect when I get there, whether I'm going to be waiting in line for, a, a, you know, uncountless hours. So I'll go vote on, on Monday. You know, there's a, there's a lot of people – I vote early, and I have a, had a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm not going to vote early. I'm going to wait until the day of because things happen in that last week or two, and maybe you want to change your vote. How do you feel about that? I don't – just. I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, unless Trump walks out on <laughs> on uh, Broadway and shoots somebody, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't change my vote. Well, he's the one who brought that up that time, all That's right, true. when he was running – uh, Heidi's looking at me with this look of consternation. You know, that bottom line, I mean, there's not much that's going to change my mind at this point. That's the way I tend to look at things. Um, I've had, let's say, several of my friends have changed their voting patterns, and they say, no, I'll, I'll wait until And I'm thinking that happen. the hardcore Biden fans feel the same thing. It doesn't matter that Biden lies about being brought up in a black church and all that. We'll talk a little bit about that this hour. Uh, he's lied to you about that, and members of his church have come out now and say, I don't remember him doing that. He probably doesn't remember saying it at yeah. this point. Yeah, yesterday, probably, after yesterday, he had a bad did, day. Did you see Brett Hume? He called him senile. <gasps> really? On the, on, on, it's the truth. On the air. I mean, you know, I've said this before, but this is abuse of this man. He has, obviously, a very serious cognitive issue, and they're abusing him. He is not being taken care of. It's no. upsetting, and it's a lie. We should say a lot about his wife, but I won't go there. But anyway, I would. I think she's <laughs> the main abuser, well, frankly. 
Now, she, I see her out there running interference for him all the time. Uh, yeah, and it doesn't and do the, a darn the, bit of good. It's the, less effective than even he is. When the media is trying to question him and she's grabbing him and pulling him away from them so that he won't stand there and continue to answer questions. Uh, there's just a lot they of all are doing that. bizarre things going on. Well, I've, I've not seen Melania grab Trump. No, no, no. no. Everyone around <laughs> Biden is pulling oh, Biden yeah. away all the time. Well, that's all true. The time. You know, we knew that Trump would be ready uh, Thursday night for the debate. You know, for the town hall. He's good and, to go. And, and they called it off. Now, they that don't... tells me that the commission is now showing their who do we want to see win this election. I don't, well, I don't like that either. You know, I spend too much time on Twitter, Dave. And yeah. the, uh, I think he's a member of the board. I don't know if he's the head of the commission, but one of those guys is <laughs> deeply involved with John McCain and the Never Trumpers and so forth and so on. Yeah, you know, lot. again, once again, we're learning the debate commission is not what we've been told it was. The Democrats have gotten their fingers into every institution and ruined Well, we need them. to go back to the, what was it, the women's, um, who used to do the debates? Um, are you talking about women, the League of Women Voters? Yeah, the League oh, of no, Women. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. They are biased as well, Well, Dave. but I had, I, I can. In fact. Well, in, as far as I'm concerned, the times that I've had workings with them, they've been right straight down the line for us. My experience in Arkansas, as you know, in the past as a voter, they've been, I'd say, generally bipartisan on a national basis, and certainly in Faulkner County at this time, they are all Democrats. I wouldn't even dare walk in the room. Really? Oh yes, sir. Oh, That's yes, sir. interesting. Oh yes, they That's are. Interesting. They are the uh, Democrat part of the democrat coalition if you will no, in faulkner county the holdouts huh trying to keep <laughs> trying to keep the red wave at bay because it's, it's going to take faulkner sooner or later just the way it took saline county i'm just telling well, you get yeah. ready for it. it's coming the only thing that's holding them back is you got you got uh, a few universities that <laughs> uh, that uh, employ several people and that gives you a little bit of a seawall well, we have three universities, of course, in Conway, one of them Central Baptist College, and then we have, of course, Hendricks College, which is u- uber-liberal, yep. and then we have the University of Central Arkansas with their very own Confucius Institute. So, yes, have they, we have that element. they that down yet? They have not closed that down I need yet. To get call, I need to call over there uh, the former uh, House Speaker here in Arkansas is like the, the PR guy there now. Gillum, was that his name? You're kidding. Yeah. I oh, think, dear. I, I will say I this. see if I can get him on. Don't want to derail your conversation, but if you're out there and you know what we're talking about, Confucius Institute, you need to look up the University of Central Arkansas Board of Trustees. Yeah, start Write calling them, them a letter. Call them up. Send them an email. Tell them you want the Confucius Institute out. It's supposed to be shut down. I thought that the, uh, the bar told them to shut them down. I'm not aware of that. I had a conversation just yesterday with one of my state senators, and they were explaining to me that, you know, we're working on it. We're trying, and, you know, if, if it would help if people contact the Board of Trustees okay. at UCA. Well, that's all I need to hear then, Yeah, if, that, if that's the case. By the way, uh, Joyce Elliott got her um, moment to debate with uh, uh, Congressman French Hill, uh, and that was for the AETN uh, uh, debate that they do debate all the time. They do, yeah, and uh, and that's the only debate that uh, Hill 
agreed to he says it's tr- right. it's a traditional and i'm going to do that channel seven wanted to do one i think and they yeah he down. said no he didn't think so no but pbs does it every every cycle every cycle and so uh i watched a little bit of it and i would say that uh it had a lot of the of the trappings of the pence harris uh debate eye rolls and uh well not, not that way no not not that <laughs> just just that you're entitled to your own opinion, but not to your own facts. And I think, I think Elliot's probably a little more savvy than the smirking and the yeah, eye rolling is. and all and, that. Sort and and of she's, stuff. you know, she's a, <laughs> she is a polished politician. She really is. She's what fourteen years. So what are you saying about Miss Harris? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she's a, she's basically kind of the same way, except that she just can't control herself. Yeah, to be a career prosecutor, you know, she's really yeah can't control whack. herself about about all of that. All right, let's get our first break, and when we come back, I want to specifically talk about the Faulkner County tax reallocation vote that's coming up. And yesterday, Paul and I uh, had a disagreement on the air. Uh, I had made the statement that one of the reasons for the push for reallocation of the tax funds was that the uh, county police, I do believe I said city police, I meant county. I meant sheriff's department, uh, the county police, but uh, was not being given their fair share, uh, where the roadside was probably getting their fair share and more Mm -hmm. so we're going to talk about that i've been proven right and i got a person who knows all about this stuff sitting right across from me elizabeth saltelaro is here she's been writing about it extensively on her blog so uh, we're going to get into that and talk about it Uh, i understand that some of paul's problems are is that he doesn't like the two and a half percent for the animal control shelter nor the two and a half percent for nine one one uh, and I'm not thrilled about it, but I do know this. They're going to fall down and vote on one side or the other. And if you can uh, win their support, you have a better chance of winning. And that's one of the things that sometimes you have to do in politics. Coming up Thursday, uh, a interview you won't want to miss at 7 I don't know if it's 05 or 35. I'll let you know for sure. But Diamond and Silk will be on the Dave Ellswick Show. You won't want to miss that. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more coming your way. But we need to get your traffic and weather and all that good stuff for you. So let's give you the necessary things to live your life normally in central Arkansas right now on the Dave Ellswick Show. i got to tell you, there is just so much to talk about today. We'll get into the confirmation hearing and and the uh, kabuki theater that went down with the democrats <laughs> yesterday i'll talk about that some as well but right now i want to talk to elizabeth about the uh, faulkner county tax reallocation that is up for uh, a yay or a nay yay to reallocate on the 50 50 look here's the key and, and i i should have pointed this out uh to paul yesterday the word reallocation wouldn't be in this piece of legislation if the sheriff's department was getting their fair share of the money. You wouldn't have to reallocate. Isn't, isn't that basically what it comes down to? That's all it is. It's a very simple budgeting matter. Okay? No new taxes. We have a current existing county sales tax. It's a half cent. 
it's currently split. It's been in place for which about raises 10 years. millions of dollars, by the way. Yeah, about ten million a year, roughly. Um, it's been in place for many years. Split fifty fifty. Half of it goes to public safety, which is our sheriff's department. Half of it goes to our roads department. Okay. It turns out that uh, our blog, Faulkner County Reports, has been researching the road department since 2017. And uh, there was quite a surplus when our current county judge took over. And they've managed to spend all the money they've ever been allocated. Plus, they had about a $20 million surplus four or five years ago. They've done every project. They, our county judge tells us he's paved every road in the county. Um, and they have a consistent one million or one and a half million roughly overage every year at the end of the year, left over, surplus money, not spent. Well, their side would say, well, we need that surplus because, you know, we have emergencies and we have problems. But simultaneously, our county government for over 10 years has underfunded our sheriff's department. Even though they're getting half of that tax, they have been falling further and further behind. So where is that money going, Elizabeth? That's that's my question. The money to the to sheriff's the department? the sheriff's department, yes. So if you've got $10 million coming, where is it going to? Okay. Sheriff's department's been getting about $5 million a year. The tax itself brings in about 10 Okay. So $5 million goes to the road department, roughly. $5 million goes to the sheriff's department. Uh, we have grown you know, significantly, and we have not been able to add deputies. The sheriffs are driving cars that are you know, very, very old, that are not holding up. Our radio system is almost obsolete because they haven't paid, been able to pay to keep it up. Um, we have officers who've testified routinely to the quorum court that they cannot take vacation because we don't have enough personnel to cover when our blog, Faulkner County Reports, and we watchdog Faulkner County, we, we watchdog our county government, when we learned that some of our road department folks, in fact, the lowest paid road department people who are equipment operators, truck drivers, make around 40000 a year. That's the lowest salary of anybody in the road department. But in our sheriff's department, when we compare to that, we have deputies on the street that get paid about thirty six. No more than that. Our top of the line supervisor gets 40 45 nobody else and we've also contracted out quite a bit of the road paving that happens with our road department to rogers group and others and yet our road department has grown in size their salaries have increased we had a surplus of 20 million dollars four or five years ago that we have totally spent and yet we still have a leftover money in the road department of a million to a million and a half a year very simple budgeting matter. Move the money over. If you're at home looking at your budget and your utility bills are high and you said, well, this couple months we haven't paid much for school lunches for kids, we need to move the money over that we had allocated and put it over here. No new taxes. That's all this is about is finally bringing to the people the choice. Do you want to completely take or not completely? Do you want to take measures to take care of public safety or not? All right, so county. what you're saying, the $10 million would take care of roads and public safety, and we'll talk about this further after we come back from the break, which is coming up. Or do you think we need a new tax to do public safety? All right, don't forget, uh, Christmas is not that far away. I've been watching the ads on television, and I don't know if you've been seeing this, but I've been noted like in, on Cole's ads. They've got Christmas trees oh, yeah. on them and stuff like that. 
uh, they're letting you know. And and the reason now I believe that they get so far ahead and is because everything's so doggone expensive that kids want. I mean, seriously, if they want, uh, let's say you're thinking about PlayStation 5, man, you're talking hundreds of dollars for one item. And if you got you know, two or three kids that He's can get really real. Or if you got seven, like I did at one time, <laughs> it gets really, really expensive. And uh, so I know why they're why they're saying get ready. But here's <laughs> another reason: sometimes it takes that it, it takes a few weeks to get a uh, a present ready, and that's what happens with jewelry. And Hillcrest Designer Jewelry would like you to get in touch with them. Uh, you know, talk to Eric Coleman over there. And uh, go in and sit down and design this special ring or pennant or necklace or brooch or uh, bracelet or whatever that you want uh, with them. They've got a computer that allows you to be able to look at this piece of uh, jewelry uh, before they ever start putting it together. There's a lot that goes into doing something unique like this. And... uh, you know, just so you know, Eric can do it and do it very, very well. But there's some steps that he does have to do. Secondly, you want to save money on uh, gemstones, then you go to Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, especially if you're talking diamonds. And let me step to the side just a little bit and say, take you away from Christmas and say, you're going to get married. You need a wedding uh, set, engagement set. You want some diamonds. Let me just tell you, don't save hundreds, save thousands of dollars by going over and talking to Eric at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. They're at 3000 Cavanaugh right here in Little Rock, and uh, you can give them a call, set up a time to go over and talk with Eric and his staff, 501-246-3655. Give your special someone something they'll never forget. Get them a piece of jewelry from Hillcrest Designer Jewelers. They're really, really good. Eric is fantastic. I'll have him on in the near future. I keep telling you that, and it will happen. Beautiful, beautiful pieces. Yeah, he does fantastic stuff. And and if you don't want to do something special, special, let me tell you, he's got a lot of stuff in his, uh, you know, on display, in his display cases that you might find that uh, your loved one would really like to have. Uh, As normal on a Tuesday, I got Elizabeth Sotolaro here, Uh, Elizabeth uh, full disclosure does all of my social media for the most part and uh, i wanted to have her on because she writes for the faulkner county reports uh is that faulknercountyreports.com that's it all right go there and you can read about this issue she's written extensively about it and you can take a look at it uh, but we're coming up we're three weeks away from the election and we're three weeks away from voting on yay or nay on the tax reallocation. If you want to see more money in the public safety, you'll vote yes for this. If you uh, do not, you'll vote no. And that can be kind of confusing as we move into the election because you're going to have another uh, roads issue to vote on. That's issue one, which is asking you to vote a half a percent sales tax, which which is supposedly – to go away and it's not going to if you vote it to continue and it will be part of the uh the arkansas uh constitution Constitution. then the only other tax that i know specifically that is part 
of the Arkansas Constitution is the uh, Arkansas Game and Fish, that three-quarter cent that they have. And that's a problem. And, and I just don't think that we need to be adding taxes uh, to our state constitution. Uh, so keep keep that in mind. Since because when is- because when that, if that money goes into the pot, there's no telling that it will stay in roads. There's that, too. That's on the state level. Problem. On the state level. Yeah, on level. the state level. So you got to vote. Here's how I would vote if I lived in Faulkner <laughs> County. I don't live in Faulkner County, so really I don't have a dog in this. This is how I'm going to vote. Yeah, this okay. That's what Elizabeth would vote. You vote yes on tax allocation. You vote no, no. on issue one. In fact, I'm going to vote no on one, two, three. I'm going to give them three strikes to out. The three constitutional amendments yes. on our ballot, you betcha. And the reason I'm no voting no, by the way, is because they're constitutional amendments. Yeah. I do not believe that it is in our best interest to adjust, if you will, our Constitution every single election cycle three and four times. That is not what that document is supposed I mean, to be for. And it's not a taxing document. There's a ton of stuff on there. Oh. It, I mean, it's incredible. How many, how many different... Uh, issues have passed in the last 20 years that yes. I hear, 140-something? Yes. yes. That's ridiculous. And if that, I mean, think about it. If that continues, the document itself will be trash. Well, I mean, yeah, it won't mean it's anything. Rid- it won't mean anything. Our our constitutions are in place to protect people from the government, not to allow the government to put taxation on the people. I'm just totally against constitutional amendments. If you need to tax, let's go about it a different way. Um, in Faulkner County, the dirty secret is that the county mayors, who are all against the tax reallocation, they are Democrats, and our Democrat county judge, we have a Republican-majority quorum court, so this is a Republican-Democrat argument, and the Democrats are already talking about a tax increase in Faulkner County. That's their secret. They're sure not telling you that as they talk about the reality. And I'm sure that they're they're telling you to vote yay on issue one. Uh, I have no idea what they're talking about with the highway tax. We have been well, so they, focused on our that local money, tax. Part of that money would, if it's going into roads, will oh, end up in the coffers of the counties. This is part of the story on part of the road department in Faulkner County. They're not telling you the whole entire truth. For example... One of their points, they will tell you, we cannot give up a single dollar of our budget because we have natural disasters in Faulkner County. We've had oil spills. We've had more than one tornado. We would never be able, and a flood, and we'll never be able to take care of those things. Well, the point is, the dirty secret they don't tell you, FEMA reimburses us over almost 80%. Almost 80% comes right back into our pockets. They're not telling you that. They're also not telling you that this is not the only place that the road department gets money. Now, it's also the case for the sheriff, much lesser degree, okay? In the roads department, there's what's called state turnback money, exactly uh-huh. what we're talking about with issue number one. It's That's state correct. highway money coming back into our county what automatically. That, what does that break, 60-40? I'm not sure what or it 70, is. Or 70-30? I don't know. I've tried to look that up. But there is turnback money, and they're also, when they whine about losing funding, they're not telling you. There are other sources, and that turnback money is significant. On the other hand, just to be truthful, the sheriff's department also has a small, very small revenue stream from a dedicated tax elsewhere. It's a very small stream. They've used every bit of it. They have taken up and rearranged their budget numerous times in front of our quorum court. We report regularly on quorum court meetings. I have videos. I have reports out my ears 
of how many times the sheriff's department has come in front of our quorum court, largely controlled by Democrats until fairly recently, and begged for money. Okay, so, and this is all at FaulknerCountyReports.com. FaulknerCountyReports.com. So you can do, you need to do some, uh, you know, looking here. You need to do some, edu- you know, educating yourself and uh, watch these videos. Watch what the politicians are saying themselves. Watch what the people that are over in the, uh, you know, public safety are saying. Here, Here's one of the things that irritates me more than anything else is when a mayor or uh, a judge, a county judge, comes up and says, quote, we need to raise the rate of taxation to cover what we're doing for public safety. And yet they're the ones who set out the budget and there's enough money there to do everything except for the, maybe some little things at the very end. And they don't take care of the most important things first. You are describing the Faulkner County situation in a nutshell. I mean, Our, look, when, uh, I, when I do my budget, I pay my mortgage first. Public safety and roads, they're both important. They're both important. Yeah. They will tell you we have to have the roads because otherwise Faulkner County cannot grow. But on the other hand, our judge has told us that they've paved yeah, every single road wanting, in the county. Here's the, here's the caveat on the other side of that coin when they say we want Faulkner County to grow. We've made it grow. That means that the uh, the county sheriff's department has to cover has more, more area. And you need to give them the necessary funds to be able to ke- cover that extra area. You can't have one without the other. That's or true. you can try, but then you'll have, over time, uh, and it may not have shown yet, but over time there'll be an increase in crime. It just will happen. There'll be an increase in response time. You know, one of the talking points that's going around the county, you know, with COVID and all the restrictions, our jail capacity has gone down. You know, people getting arrested and so forth. The numbers have gone down for the reason that the sheriff's department, like everybody else, is doing everything they can to limit exposure. So they don't want to have to house people in the jail, for example. They want to, you know, they're bringing them in and for minor releases, they're trying to release them back and so forth and so on. This opposition to us on this reallocation, they use that point and say, well, I mean, crime's going down. (laughs) <laughs> and they decide they're not going to tell you about why the crime is going down. And it's only been momentarily for a handful of months here. Sins of omission. Yes, exactly. And uh, you mentioned earlier about county judges. Uh, our county judge has definitely, he, his picture is all over the mailers that say vote no on the reallocation. And I guess on a personal basis, that really gets under my skin because, you know, at least give some lip service to the fact that you're supposed to be the head of the entire county, not just your Democrat buddies. All right. Well, we got uh, we got to get a break in. I'd also like to know who's paying for the ma- the mailers. Wouldn't we all? All right. I'd like to know where that money is coming from. It would seem like we should be able to find that out. All right. 13 minutes till. Let's take a break. Get that in when we come back. Uh, a little interesting story in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette about Nate Smith and uh, Bledsoe the uh, Surgeon General of the state and the head of the Arkansas Department of of, of Health. And they kind of got at loggerheads over COVID-19. We'll talk about it when we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
I was reading an article today from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, giving them full credit for the article. And there was a couple of quotes in it that really concerned me. Uh, as you know, I am very concerned that uh, people who are socialists are seriously deep in our our business, whether it be at the federal level, whether it be at you know the city level, county level, or in this case at the state level. And there's some things that they say will tell you where they stand. And evidently, um, the uh, Arkansas, um, what do they call him? Health uh, Department. Health, no, 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 no. Uh, Director of Health? No, that's not what it's a Joyce. What, 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 what do they call this guy? He's the, uh, uh, doggone it, it just eludes What's the name? me now. Uh, yeah, Bledsoe. Dr. Greg Bledsoe was our Surgeon General. Surgeon General. All right. The yes, Surgeon sir. General and the head of the Arkansas <laughs> head Department, of, the Department of, Health of Health. Yes. Got at loggerheads, and it was over how COVID 19 was being uh, handled. And evidently, the two of them were giving, it sounds like to me, diametrically different advice to the governor about. <laughs> Should we reopen, uh, you know, the uh, economy or not? And uh, Bledsoe believed that they should be opening the economy, from what I can ascertain. And the Arkansas Democrat Gazette got a a log of uh, Nate Smith, who is the head of the Arkansas, was the head of the Arkansas Department of Education uh, in May, and uh, said that Smith reached out to Bledsoe while simultaneously conveying, conveying his concern about the Surgeon General to Governor Asa Hutchinson, saying, Greg, I'm concerned that you are not on the same page as me or the governor with regard to the goals of our COVID-19 response and recovery efforts. Smith added that he would have an assistance scheduled time for them <laughs> to meet and discuss this. And Bledsoe replied to him, thanks, Nate. I would never do anything to undercut you or the governor, but I do have serious concerns about our overall goals and messaging <laughs> looking forward to connecting, unquote. Several minutes after he received that response from Bledsoe, Smith text Hutchinson, according to the text message log, and Smith forwarded to the governor Bledsoe's reply in which the Surgeon General mentioned his, quote, serious concerns. And uh, as you go through this back and forth towards the bottom of the story, something is said that really concerns me. It, it just You're really, talking about what really Dr. Did. Smith said? Yeah, what Dr. Smith. Because uh, he started talking about how people – who are the employees have more at risk than the employers because they're the ones that are doing the work and they don't have as much power as what the owners have. And this is a battle of class. Now, the only time I hear people bring up these, these uh, terms battle of class is when they're socialists. That's a Democrat talking point. Dog whistle. Uh, the article here says, although the business owners who flooded his email box wanted the state to open up quickly, mm-hmm. Dr. Smith 
said many of the workers on the front line of the pandemic in grocery and retail stores, hospitals and dental offices are desperately afraid. Their emails are less frequent, less strident, and often anonymous. Since they have considerably less economic and political power than owners, their voices are more difficult to hear. But they are all, but there are a lot more of them. They're at higher risk than the owners of contracting COVID through their work. They have fewer options if they become sick, and they have to go back to work when they reopen. In Arkansas, this is the real battle line in the class struggle. There you go. The class struggle. That's a straight-on socialist term, folks. I'm sorry. And I, I, from Dr. Nate I Smith. would love to have a discussion with Nate Smith. I really, and he's really gone would. Now. Yeah, he he's went gone. to CDC. He left and went to CDC, and now we have Dr. Romero. Yeah, and but Bledsoe's still around. I'd like to get Bledsoe on because I Who believe knew? here's what I think is I think Bledsoe wanted the state to open up more. I think that's what it and looks Smith like. And Smith did not want to open up more. And that's we're still sitting like. at 30% for the restaurants where I look at the restaurants, and they should be somewhere in around 75%. Here's my argument about that. You walk in, you got to wear a mask. You sit down to give you a drink, you can take your mask off. I'm just telling you, you can still have that six foot of social distancing and have a lot more in most of these restaurants. It really is a struggle between trying to make a living and I think it's overreaching by a great degree the uh, restrictions that all our, all of our governments. We're lucky in Arkansas we have not been totally shut down, but there are still states. And, in fact, they're telling some people in some countries they can't even leave their homes on certain days How of the week. How about Newsom in California, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard? Yes. That between bites. Between You're supposed to put bites, your mask back on. You take on. your mask oh, down, on. take a bite of food, and then put your mask back up. This is insane. Yeah, it is insane, especially for a, a disease that the fatality rate is, uh, what, not under. It's like, at the worst, 97%. Comparing to other diseases, this one is in there, but it ain't on top. No, not even uh-uh. close. All right, got to get a break in. Bible Guys, best of coming up. And then uh, Elizabeth and I will be back at 6 o'clock tonight to talk further about should we be reopening more here in the state. That's all on the docket for the Dave Ellsworth Show. show on tuesdays the bible guys always join me next week they won't be here because i'll be on vacation they'll be back with me on the 22nd and on the 22nd we're going to be in studio man how's that for you guys scott's scott is here and uh i got steve here as well it's going to be good to see you guys again yeah i'm here dave looking forward to seeing you 
It's a true, true, true statement. I'll be good to see you. So uh, what I'm going to do is on my show on a weekly basis, I'll be in studio Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. But Thursday and Fridays, the people are all by phone anyway. So instead of driving into the studio, I'll just do it from here at my house. So just that's just so everybody can know now. So um, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I'll be in studio live. You'll be able to see me. So is that going to be a regular thing now, Dave? You're working from, uh, from home on Thursday and Friday? Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do for right now. Uh, um, I'm hoping that by the time I get back from Florida from my vacation that we'll have the Internet back up and we'll be able to do uh, Facebook Live again. Uh, that's my other goal that we're shooting for. I don't know if that's going to be possible or not, but I'm shoot, shooting for it, okay? If not, then I would hope that the following Monday, it's like the 28th, I think, uh, we'll be able to do it, and the power panel will be in, and we can get back to some normalcy uh, here on uh, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. So we got all of our different entities working at that time. So uh, yeah. I know they're working hard uh, at Salem to get get us Internet uh, accessibility and whatnot all the time. All right, you know, guys, a lot, a lot, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. I was saying a lot, a lot of companies have, uh, have found that during this whole COVID thing that a lot of work can be done from uh, from home now but with technology. And um, I know a lot of businesses are actually now going to some type of flexible or uh, flex schedule where they're doing part work from home and part work uh, in uh, actually in-house in the office. Um, we found that our accounting department is a uh, much more effective working from home, for example. Um, getting, they're doing their work faster now than when they were actually in the office. That's because nobody's bothering them. That's that's right. That's right. Absolutely. So uh, so it's it's a uh, you know it's it's more there's some efficiency issues there. So I think we're going to be changing the way we do a little bit of life. Well, I read an article a couple of weeks ago. I don't remember where it was from. Uh, I'm going to kind of make mention of a couple of things that I read in it, but it said that uh, businesses who buy huge uh, properties uh, to house their people are going to become a thing of the past because a lot more stuff is going to be done at home. And a lot of, uh, of uh, businesses that build these huge edifices that you see, some of the banks, for example, you've seen some of the bank buildings, and they're huge. Yeah. I mean, they're monstrous. And right. I don't know what the one that is out there towards uh, the ranch out there on Highway 10, but that thing's a monster. And uh, uh, Wells, well, Is it the Wells Fargo? No, no, it's not Wells Fargo. Um, oh, yeah, I don't um, know. I don't remember which one it is. Yeah. yeah, is it Bank of the Ozarks? Yeah. And I'm uh-huh. thinking, why does a bank need a building that big? You yeah, know, I don't get it, right. but anyway, you know, they're saying that there's a possibility that a lot of that kind of thing is uh, going to go the way of the dodo bird. So we'll just have to kind of sit and, and wait and see. First yeah. of all, let me just ask both of you, how was your uh, labor day? Did you have a good day off? I, I certainly did. Uh, we had uh, my my, uh, my son, his wife, and, uh, and three of our grandkids come in for the holiday. So all right. A blast 
splashed around in the swimming pool, and man, I am worn out, Dave. Oh my! God. <laughs> you had to, you had, to, you had to come back to work to relax, huh? <laughs> that is absolutely, absolutely right. I asked my wife how she was doing, and she said, "Well, the old gray mare ain't what she used to be." That's why she answered me. <laughs> That's funny. And then, uh, Steve, how was your how was your weekend? Oh, good. Just um, some more resting and relaxing. And yesterday, I went down and did some stuff at Deer Camp. Worked around the house. There you go. I bunch of my friends. You're one of them, of course. Are out getting Deer Camp ready to go. They're planting stuff and getting ready. I mean, Duck has been out really getting at it. Uh, he, you know, he hunts up there in Harding, and. Uh, they planted a hundred acres uh, over the weekend. How's that one for you? Dang. Yeah, and they my, do my some house, serious hunting my up house there. Could be could be a deer camp for somebody. I mean, I almost on a daily basis get up and see a herd of anywhere between seven to fifteen deer in my on my property. Man, sell set up stands and sell and rent it. <laughs> rent them, man. Uh, I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> So I did. I had, uh, had PA Roofing come out here one time, and the, when the guy in, I, he rang the doorbell, and uh, I answered the door. His first words were to me were, "Do you let people hunt on your property?" That was his first words to me. Because <laughs> when, when he was driving up, he said he saw himself. It was, it was, I think it was a ten or twelve pointer standing in my driveway. Oh so, my! Uh, uh, so, anyway, uh, good times. All right. You guys ready? We we had talked last week. This question came in at the end of the hour, and we decided we would not even begin to try to answer it until today, and that we would use this whole hour, if necessary, to be able to give an adequate answer to our questioner. And here was the question, and then we'll take a break and then we'll come back and begin trying to answer this. And for our listeners that are tuned in right now, I'm sure this question has rattled in your brain before. Uh, whether you're a believer or a non-believer, this question has rattled in your brain. I have interviewed over 300 kids concerning child abuse. How can you tout free will at the cost of an innocent being raped or otherwise physically abused how can i tell that child who has been so defiled and betrayed that god loves them and that god allowed free will of another to supersede that child's welfare when that child has done nothing wrong this is a person just off the top as i read it is angry at religion and we're going to try to answer this when we come back here on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. It's the Bible guy. Scott Stewart, pastor of Agape, is here. Uh, Steve is here, Steve Hess. Uh, he works the uh, university side of this. He does the school side over at Agape, their Bible school, the American Institute. We'll talk a little bit about that later because uh, folks who ask these questions could use a little bit of education as well. Okay, so let me read this letter to you guys one more time. And uh, I, would, I would suggest the person who wrote this and is listening, uh, if it, this is really the way that you feel, you need to sit down with a pastor and do a study about this. I mean, 
what we're going to do is try to give you some answers, but this is a deep, deep subject that you need to look at. Plus, I think you've got to look at it from a different way than you're looking at it. Here's the question. I have interviewed over 300 kids concerning child abuse. How can you tout free will at the cost of an innocent being raped or otherwise physically abused? How can I tell that child who has been so defiled and betrayed that God loves them and that God allowed free will of another to supersede that child's welfare when that child has done nothing wrong. So who wants to start with this one? Do you want to start Scott or do you want to start Steve? I'm ready if you want. Okay. <clears throat> so well, you have to come back around and uh, for, the, for the child aspect of this because having this conversation um, we'll have to talk about it from an adult perspective and from a just deep theological perspective first, because that is the question ever since the beginning of time. I mean, there was only two people on the planet. Well, I guess you could say four, potentially six people uh, when Cain killed Abel. But for some reason, God allowed and God established um, the world in motion. And he gave authority of that to, to Adam. He told Adam to go and subdue the world. And so from that initial standpoint in the beginning of creation, mankind has been in charge of the world, and God has intervened in periods and in times. Um, and so he's given mankind the authority and the choice. I mean, we see that throughout several places in the Scripture when he goes back and he tells them to choose. Even after Cain, uh, he told him to choose good. He told Israel to choose good versus evil. So there's always been a choice. And the question is, is why um, has the father, in, in certain instances, he seems to have intervened in history and in the people's lives. And other times, he's, those things seem to run those course. Um, I don't know that there can be an answer given um, for why sometimes there seem to be miraculous events. But the overwhelming majority of the time, Wicked people are allowed to do wicked things. They're allowed to do wicked things to children. They're allowed to murder. They're allowed to drunk and drive. They're allowed to rape and, and kill and just do all these different things. And ultimately, it comes back to because that's how God established the order, is that he wanted to give mankind the choice to choose good versus evil, to choose him or the enemy. And and if he intervenes and, and uh, prevents choice from running its course, then there's no longer a place for judgment. Because if, for instance, God would have stopped Hitler, then Hitler would not been causable for his actions. So he had, for, for the allowing mankind to run control of the earth, he has to uh, allow them to make their choices no matter how good or how wicked uh, they are. Hmm. Makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. I'll, I'll, still, I'll go ahead and just. By the way, let me jump in. And just say, Steve, are you still there? It's not like he bumped off, didn't it? Yeah, he, we lost him. He'll call back. Go ahead, Steve or right. Scott. Well, yep. Yeah. Well, I think just, going, just picking up where um, where Steve was um, uh, leaving off there. Um, before we even get to the to the intricacies of this question, you have to you have to establish 
um, the reason why there is, is free will. God gave free will to Adam and Eve simply because um, God did not want to create a, a race of robots that just that he programmed into them to, to love him and to worship him. He wanted a relationship with man, and that relationship was going to come from a place called the heart. And the only way that true relationship exists is when there's free will involved, that a man willingly or a woman willingly loves God and obeys God. And the same way is true in any human relationship. Um, you know, you want a relationship with your husband, your wife, your children, where there is a, a willingness to, to be with you, to celebrate with you, to love you. And outside of that, it's contrived and it's false and it's fake and it doesn't mean anything. So there is a, there's a desire for a relationship, which can only be based in someone's free will of expression. And so God gives that to man as a gift. Now, uh, that man takes that free will and uses it incorrectly. God gives him all these parameters, gives him the, the best of everything. He gives him the most beautiful place to live, the most perfect place to live. Uh, there were no weeds in this place, I and mean, it was perfect. Adam was fully functioning. He had 100% use of his brain, as did Eve. They were perfect. He said, listen, everything is yours. The only thing that's not yours is this tree over here. So he sets a limit on it, saying, listen, you know, although all this is yours, you're still going to have to obey me in the midst of perfection. Now, what happens, of course, you know the story, is the enemy, the devil, comes in and deceives Adam and Eve, and they commit sin. Now, when they commit sin, who do we blame for that? Do we blame the God who gave them everything and gave them relationship? Or do you blame the devil who came in and deceived and manipulated people? Well, you, of course, you blame the enemy. You don't blame God. He's the one who gave them everything that was wonderful and everything that was beautiful. It was the enemy that came in and corrupted that which was good and wonderful. So you have to take that, that idea and then spread it throughout, um, throughout time. So when we see the blessing of God coming and then we see the evil that's uh, in the world, we have to understand that there are two forces at, at work here. And so you cannot go around blaming God for what the enemy has, has done. You have to lay blame at the, right, at the right place. So you have to take that whole meta-narrative of the garden and place it across uh, the human experience and understand that there is definitely good in the world and there's evil in the world. And when you understand that particular concept, then you can, then you can begin to understand why things unfold the way that they, that they do. As Steve mentioned, you see God throughout the Scripture chasing after man, saying, don't make that decision. Don't do that. And the reason he's doing that is because he knows the consequence of that bad decision is going to lead to death, destruction, and, and manipulation, and hurt for his, for his people. But when they make those bad decisions and bad things happen, you don't blame the God that tried to stop it. You blame the enemy that brought it upon them. And so, again, you have to follow that that narrative through, you know, of course, we're moving towards applying it to this situation this person called about. So free will was a wonderful gift given by God for the purpose of creating a relationship between God and his people. And that free will, when taken and used in a perverse manner, what it does is it allows destruction of that relationship. And that destruction of relationship comes through through the enemy. And so we have to make sure that we understand how this uh how this whole scenario and equation is going to work because we're going to apply it in a few minutes to the life of this uh, or the, this person who's asking this particular question. All right. We got uh, a minute until we get to rush. So I w- I'm going to hold both of you up because now we move into the real crux 
of this uh, question. First of all, should you even be talking to the kid about free will? I, I mean, right. you've got you to get to a certain age before you can kind of grasp hold of that whole concept. And, in fact, there's some people listening right now that still didn't grasp hold of it as, as you were, were talking about it, Scott. So, so um, you know, it's a, it's a difficult subject. That's why I wanted to give a lot of time to it uh, today here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Right now, though, time for uh, Rush Limbaugh. He's got his uh, morning update for us. We'll go to that. Then we'll come back and uh, be back with the Bible Guys for another 25 minutes right here at 101.1 FM. The answer. All right, 25 minutes till uh, 8 o'clock. If you got to be at work at 8, got 25 minutes to get there. So if you're in Cabot right now, might want to go a little faster than the speed limit. Anyway, uh, <laughs> with that in mind, uh, 91 to high today. You just heard uh, Melissa Mayo talking about that. Real feel high, 100 degrees today. And I'm also looking that they're saying that about 46% cloud cover today. So if you're a sun worshiper like I am, not your best day today. But it'll be a nice day to sit out and kind of relax and take it easy this afternoon if you got the time off. All right, we're talking about free will. We're talking about why does good things happen or bad things happen to good people. These are really heavy, deep uh, significant theological questions. And I was just talking to the guys off the air. There is one thing that I think we all have to come into an acceptance, that we can't know everything about God. God is infinite. We are finite. We can. My IBM, as I like to call it, my itty-bitty mind, can only... Uh, you know, encapsulate so much about God. I'm never going to understand everything about God. Now, I understand, I think, the big concepts. He loves me. He gave me a way to avoid judgment uh, as far as getting to heaven and things of that nature. But I got to tell you what, uh, other than some, you get into some of these really deep, 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 deep questions and you try to do it from a man's perspective, I don't think you'll ever get an answer. That's just my own feeling about it. Yeah. I mean, to discuss the, the, the concept between um, free will and predestination or Calvinism versus Arminianism, I mean, this is an entire you know college course. Uh, and to try to knock it out in a radio, a radio show is... Is, uh, is asking a lot, but uh, you know, just to go back and try to deal with this, uh, <clears throat> this question, I think if you understand the way that God works with man, then it's much easier than to deal with this particular, this particular question. And so you relate back to the fact that there are um, there's good and evil in the world, and you have to know who's behind which one of those. Uh, Steve mentioned that you know man was given charge over the earth in the form of Adam, and actually later on in the book of Psalms, it actually says that, that the earth was given, uh, that the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. So this world is today what we have made it. Um, That's and right. we can make it. We can make it for the better by following God, or we can make it for the worse by following the enemy, just like our forefather Adam did. Adam took a perfect state in Eden, 
and turned it into something it was never meant to be, a place where the enemy uh, came in and God had to lock that down and push man out uh, to where now he had to contend daily now with weeds and thistles and, and curse and the enemy. And so it was, it was because of Adam's choice that we are where we're, where we're at today. It's not because God wanted it, but it's because man chose it. And he chose it because of the influence of the enemy, not because of the influence of, of God. And, and so just following that logic, this, this question begins to solve and to sort itself out a bit. Steve? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's really, that's, if you go through uh, from Adam to the end, um, the whole thing is about that. From, from Genesis to Revelation, through all of the stories and trials of all the individuals, the nation of Israel as a whole, um, the people in the time of Jesus and even the people at the time of the end, and as my old pastor used to say, that's why there's a judgment, because we've been given a choice. And what we do with what's been given to us and how we function, I mean, that's the entire story of the Bible. And then insert that is, now how do you get redeemed from the bad choices? And that's where even even it goes into the question of, <clears throat> well, why did he have to come? Why is it God had to come and take on the form of man? Because even God agreed to stay within the laws that he established, which was he gave it to man. So he came through man in order to redeem mankind. Wow. And so it's always been done through that. And that's why he had to come and take on the form of flesh. That's another heavy theological question, man. I'm just yeah. saying we're into yeah, some I mean, heavy, heavy areas right here. We're, we're, we're not in the reeds, man. We're in the deep, deep swamp right now uh, yeah. on, on this. And, and, with that in mind, and I think that you guys have done a good job on trying to explain uh, free will. They say, uh, the, the question here is, when she says, how can you tout free will at the cost of an innocent being raped or otherwise physically abused? Because the, uh, the, the, the mere opposite of that is That's that I can, I can tout free will because of the love I can show towards my children. Right, right. You know, the question should be, uh, you know, if if the person doesn't want there to be free, well, it's like if you're if you're talking to a child and telling a child, you know, uh, to beware of strangers. You know, what you're teaching them is there are good people in the world. That's mommy and daddy, and there are bad people in the world. These are the people out here who might hurt you. Well, that's what we have happening here. There's good. That's God. But there's the bad devil out there who's going to use people to make bad people, and those bad people might do things to you. So when you're speaking to uh, the child, it's more about explaining it, breaking it down in that way. It's not God who did this. It's bad people um, that did this because the devil was in their heart, or the devil was making them do something. And God wants to protect you, and God wants to help you, but bad people have done this to you. So, I mean, it's, it becomes much more simple. If you don't have free will in this situation— then what you have to tell the child is God ordained and predestined this would happen to you. Uh, right. You know, it makes it worse if you yeah. say uh, God God wanted this to happen to you, so he programmed this into creation that this would happen to you. This is God's fault. It makes it worse in that sense. Whereas otherwise, with free will, you can say God had nothing to do with this. This was the bad people who were being led by or moved by the devil to do these horrible things to you. God wants you safe, and God wants you well, and God wants you happy, healthy, and whole. And that's why we run to God with all of our heart, and we stay safe. Um, it, it, the question seems to be a bit 
should be should be doesn't seem to be phrased in a way that that uh, would make sense with uh, with the whole concept. All right. Well, let me let me jump in and say that the person who sent this question uh, sent us uh, want us to clarify something. She said, "Are are there alternate concepts besides free will that theologians can teach children, since free will?" can often side with the abuser and not the child. Free will sides with the child always. I'm just telling you. All right? Yeah. It's the way that you look at free will uh, in, in right. the concept. I mean, you, th- this is where the person's getting hung up on. It says that free God will, is it, telling people to be bad. Right. Free will is the, the side that, that sides with the child. Because what you say to... For the counselor is that they could use as an individual saying that individual chose and did badly. I am here and choosing to do good by helping you. If you if you go the other path, which the main two is uh, is Calvinism and Arminianism, and what they're basically trying to say that it, that this would be a, a Calvinistic thing, as Scott was hinting at, that they're that this was basically God's will, and it was chosen from the beginning of time as they preordained event and that's not the case and and to try and understand um <clears throat> it's really difficult to answer why i mean outside of everything that we given to take it then down to um whether it be a child or whether it be a 90 year old person that's murdered or somebody who has something stolen there's why that individual and it's that's not not an answerable question outside of the person that murdered, raped, molested, stole, made a choice to do bad. That's the, 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 the answer. And then God yeah. allows the choice of good and evil in the world. And it was, and it was that those choices are being made because of the, the influences on the heart of that person. And the heart of that person is being influenced by, by what most people would call the devil. The Jews call it the evil inclination. Uh, that that there is a there are forces in the earth, good and bad, and you yield yourself to those forces, to the godly or to the demonic, and the fruit of that yielding is seen in the treatment of other people. And so, so as far as the child is concerned, you would not try to deal with the child in terms of of free will and, and sovereignty in that way. You would break it down into how you deal with everything else with the child. Now, I think asking the question why. Is very uh, is very easily uh, given when you say, well, because of of the of the fact that there is a devil in the world and there's God in the world and people are are yielding themselves to one or the other. It becomes pretty simple, I think, to explain the why. Now, as a Jeff, as a as a Steve was saying, why that particular person? No one can ever answer that because we have no idea. What's, we 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 don't know any of the backstory to anything. I mean, we don't. We don't know all the stuff that goes uh, that goes on here. So, the thing you do is you trust you trust in the wisdom of God more in in your secular uh, understanding of the situation. Okay, let and me ask. God, you. Comes back to what me, God said very well, which was there's an enemy, and that's that we we keep forgetting that. And there's that old phrase that's been thrown around forever that the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was getting people to think he didn't exist, and we all, we all default. To, oh, well, why did God do that? Well, why did God allow that? Because 
even the enemy has free choice and the enemy choose to do evil and to do wickedness and he's influenced people to do evil and to do wickedness that it's it's ultimately what it comes down to but to try and get that to a child's level and to understand why god didn't intervene in that situation we could talk about for months and years okay so let me let me just bring this up and then we'll take a break and then we'll finish this up today and and this is just let you know this is the way I kind of look at it. If you look at yourself, are you a good person? I'm asking that of everybody who's listening to the show today. Are you a good person? If you are, then why did Jesus come? He had to come because guess what? You're not a good person. Yeah. The Bible says that at your deepest, you're depraved. That uh, there's bad in you that uh, kind of that you always reset to, so to speak. And if God struck the molester, he'd have to strike the liar. And if he strikes the liar, he's got to strike the glutton. And we go on and on and on. And in the end, everybody ends up dead because nobody is perfect. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that's good, because even even as wicked um, as what that man did, there's a choice to return. Uh, you know, before the COVID shutdown, I went down to the prison all the time and full of men who were murderers and rapists who are now weeping before the altar of God. Yeah. So they they still have a choice to repent from their wickedness and their evilness and return to God. Because if it's always instantaneous, like you said, then there's not even a way back for them. No, there's no way back for any of us. Right. We're all all sinful. Right. You're absolutely right. The Apostle Paul was a murderer. He he went out. He he oversaw the the murder, the execution of people. There you go. Thank God for the grace of God. The grace of God that allows us to find our way back to the Lord, to repent and to turn away from uh, the evil that we were we were doing and to and to and to shed ourselves of those of those evil desires and to cling on to that which is good that doesn't happen unless there's free will involved you've yeah. got to have that in place well, let's remember god loves that child god is going to take the evil that happened to that child and make it into good do not it, i'm i'm just saying to the person who's thinking this this didn't happen because god wanted it to happen it did not. It did not. You know, the Bible tells us that a father doesn't give, uh, you know, when his child asks for bread, give him a stone or ask for something, give him a scorpion. Uh, you know, God loves us unquestionably loves us. But bad things will happen to us because man has chosen for that to be in the world. That's correct. Just right. like all the can, even that wickedness he can redeem. Yes, absolutely. All right, a break, deal. guys. Got to get a break in. Let's come back after the break, and we'll finish up. I'll let you make your your final statements today. Good, good discussion today. Really has been eleven minutes till eight on the Dave Ellswick show. All right, we got seven minutes left, and uh, you know all I can say to our the person who's asking this question. 
ask the initial question and then set two follow-ups is that you don't want in your question to deal with why it's the way it is, all right? And you think by talking about the why, we dismiss what has happened. And we're not dismissing what's happened. We're trying to explain to you why it is happening. So that's yeah. where that's where we're at that's as far the, the as the premise goes. of the question. The whole premise of the question was why did this happen to the child and why was why did God allow this? And that's I mean, that's that was the whole premise of the question. Now that's that's completely a theological question. It's not it's not absolving the individual from the responsibility Correct. of their actions. We weren't even dealing with that. But just to deal with that really quickly, and we've already said this today. Um, you know what happened when. You know, going back to the garden again, was Adam absolved from his responsibility for the evil that he did? No. What did God do? God went into the garden. He dealt with Adam. He dealt with Eve. He punished them for uh, their their sin. He kicked them out of the, the garden and for the rest of their life. And all of humankind is paying for that particular um, sin because we're, we're, we're perpetuating it. So the individual is held accountable and is completely responsible for the decisions they make. What we were dealing with was, as Steve was saying, you know, the why is this happening? Because there are forces in the earth. Um, but the, things, uh, the human is just out there making decisions without any influence on their life, is, uh, is not dealing with the reality of the situation. There are, there are voices in the earth. There are two primary drivers, and that is you have the, you have the godly force and you have the, the demonic force, and people yield themselves to one or the other. Now, they're still responsible for what they, the choice they make, but there's a reason why those choices are even available to them. And you, you've got to see the bigger picture than just just dealing with this one. And then I think, I think we all have to go back and, and look at how much of this can a child understand. Correct. I think right. you tell the child that God loves them. All right, and and you work that part of of this with the child. God's there with you. He'll walk with you. That something went through it. Now, if the child is old enough or wise enough that they say, "But why did God let this happen?" Now you got to start dealing with some bigger issues at that point. That, and that was the whole question. That's why I don't understand the second response because the whole question was. Why did God allow this to happen? Why did free will trump the child's free will? That was the whole question, and that's that's the root of everything that we're talking about, is how did all of that come into play? And it's ultimately, the, the question is saying, well, why did God allow this to happen? That was the basicness of the question. Why did God allow this to happen? Yeah. And what we're trying to explain is, whether it be something that's so horrendous as what is done to a child, or somebody just having something stolen from their life or lied to. It's because people were given a choice all the way back to Adam, and that's when wickedness entered the world, and we have an adversary who is fighting against us and God. Or a man who was able to deceive a whole nation and killed six million people and and, and hundreds of millions of innocents. Yeah, correct. Right, and that individual is helpful to be held accountable for the decision that they made. I mean, look, God is a better father than any of us ever will be. And all of us know that we raise our kids to live a certain way. We put values in our children, and we, we send them on a direction that we believe is the best for their life. And when they depart from that, 
we grieve over that. But it's not because we taught them to do wrong. It's that they made decisions to do wrong, and we grieve and we hurt. But we know as, as with grown children, they're going to make their own decision. They're going to suffer their own consequences. And this is, what, this is you know, the way God dealt with it. He, he instructed Adam and Eve. He gave them the direction. He gave them everything they needed to succeed, and they chose the opposite of that. Uh, and, and they did that because the influence that was in their life that was not from God. And so they were held accountable personally for that action. So, yes, everybody that does evil is held accountable for their action. We're not absolving anyone from, from that. We're just right. dealing more with the root issue of why it even exists that they're making bad decisions. So the question is, like Steve said during the break, the question in and of itself is a theological question. But if we don't, if people don't want a theological answer, then then I don't know how we... You know, if you're looking for a, a psychological answer, then that's an entirely different conversation than the one that was asked. Isn't, isn't the, this whole discussion that we've had so much of this, and we can close the last few minutes with the how. Last so few seconds. We talk about <laughs> the why we can talk about, but now what we can say is, guess what? Here's what God did, and he can heal. If all we do is focus on the why, that's why we have so many people today that don't heal from the things because they want to know why and they want to blame. But what we're telling you is that now there's a way of healing and restoration even in that child. All right, in guys. every aspect, there's a way of healing and restoration. Got to jump in. Thanks for your time, gentlemen. I'll see you in two weeks, all right? in the evening and uh, i want to go back and talk to you about something i let off with uh just before uh seven o'clock this morning and we were talking about an email exchange that uh, occurred between then head of the arkansas department of health nate smith and uh, uh greg greg bledsoe right Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is the uh, Surgeon, General Surgeon General of the state. And, uh, you know, the Surgeon General is a, quote, like cabinet post uh, for the governor. So the governor should be paying attention to what he has to say, as well as he listens to what the the head of the Department of Health have to say. Now, why we have <laughs> why we have to have both. I don't exactly understand because it seems like you're covering a lot of the same territory with them. Isn't isn't that sort of related? Dr. Bledsoe may be the Surgeon General, but the Department of Health, of course, has the ability to shut the businesses down when they don't want them open. And well, so I understand, forth and so but they, they, they report directly to the governor, and they can't shut anything down until the governor goes along with them. I find it interesting he has a committee of folks involved, but he did not involve the legislature. Well, you know, that is a, uh, a legal matter mm-hmm. and, in, in which I am, of course, uh, uh, 
involved You're a as plaintiff. a plaintiff saying that the governor does not have the right to declare an emergency and then continue the emergency and not have the legislature involved in that said emergency. I believe that he's misinterpreted uh, some laws that are on the book. Nothing against, look, nothing against Asa Hutchinson, other than I think that he has made some, I think, missteps with this. And I do believe that it's imperative that we get the people's representatives your representatives i'm talking to you about your particular representative that represents either you in the state house or in the state senate and they need to be involved and i know the argument oh but that'll slow everything up not necessarily Mm -mm. i i have seen the state government work post haste on some issues and do it very 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 quickly especially when they understand that it is a critical issue like this is come on give them some credit (laughs) they move on they move they move in they do their job and they get it done it doesn't things don't get into into committees because that's always well you get in a committee and somebody kill it and then uh, you got to go back and go through committee no it won't that's not going to happen in a lot of these issues not saying it might not it could there could be a real fly somewhere that nobody knew about that nobody knew about that that they want taken care of but you just said that they find out about it because they're involved and they're looking and studying it from different angles and we want them to know about the flies that get stuck in the ointment so to speak so uh you know i'm part of a a lawsuit against the department of uh, health here in the state because the department of health as far as i'm concerned has no legislative authority in the state of arkansas not legislatively (laughs) no there there is a branch that takes care of legislation and you're telling me that's the state house and state senate that's their jobs that's the constitution of the state of arkansas and who is the judge in charge of your lawsuit i don't even know he or she uh took the uh, opponents who wanted to throw it out and said mm, no, no we're no, going to hold think on so we can keep on this is a this is a valid issue that needs to be litigated yeah we've had the lawyer on uh for our side trying to give us a pretty good feel about what's going on and we'll try to get him on in the near future again as we start we continue to move on and it is a slow process it is well anytime anytime you're dealing with lawsuits and litigation and let me just tell you it could the litigation could be stopped immediately i believe if the governor would call a special session yes <laughs> but he won't i don't believe he'll call the special he session because he's afraid that the legislature will change laws that will not allow him to continue to make the decisions about what's going on with covid-19 uh as a emergency you know again i just think about this is the struggle between the people and the government the government always wants to do what they do and sort of run roughshod and when the people speak up it's like what you you actually want input here we're just going to keep going well see I, and, and i understand the argument here all right the governor it's the administration of the government and the but they state 
House and state Senate, uh, senators are the direct uh, voice of the people. That's right. And they work for us, not the other way yeah. around. We are not here to just provide the funding and the manpower for them to do what they wish to do. They are to represent our interests. And, and, and we have and to the hold gov- them accountable look, for the that. The governor says, I make my decisions on what the Arkansas Department of Health is saying. Well, I don't want, I want you to make your decisions on theirs and I want you to have the balance there of mm-hmm. what are the people saying about this as well. That's why the story we talked about and this Bledsoe and Smith so is so interesting yes. because it sounds like to me the governor has fallen on the side of the Arkansas Department of Health. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Smith is not there any longer. But Dr. Bledsoe is more on our side yeah. as far as and being he more reasonable. Is, you know, he's the Surgeon General. And I believe, and I'm, I'm assuming here, and that's always dangerous because it can make an ass of you and me. I mean, just as way that's it, what it it's, is. What's it says. And the bottom line is, is that I believe he thinks that we can open up the state business-wide uh, larger than what we're doing More than what at we're this doing time. Now. You know, again, the, the, the people on the street are saying, look, you know, I mean, we need to protect the folks who are vulnerable, not shut down everybody, because the folks that are vulnerable are a small percentage, smaller than everybody. I agree with that uh, reasoning. And I think that's, it sounds to me like that's where Dr. Bledsoe is coming from. Let's be, we can't take people's livelihoods away from them, folks. This is causing health problems as well, not just money problems. People are not taking care of their health. They're not going out and getting their regular checkups. Well, All sorts of things are going on. It's not good business. I was it's not good for the people. I was sitting in IHOP within the last week, and I was talking to my server, and she told me she was three months behind on her rent she was two months behind on her car payment because she's just not getting the hours and she's not getting the tips that she had been getting and she was saying that the stress level was getting intolerable well you know that can have problems with your health oh yeah it can definitely have problems with you know how you know, you deal with issues at home and all the rest. I didn't ask if she had a family uh, or anything like that. It's disrupting but, people's lives. Well, and you got, you know, if you got kids and you've worked your your butt off or whatever, or you're at home because you can't go to work and you're feeling that stress, it works itself out in, in you know, in what's going on in the family as well. It's not good. Uh, when that happens, bad things happen. We know domestic violence it's is up. up. Uh, we know those things happen. Child abuse is going up. You know, up. we had Dorcas on from the Dorcas yes. house, and she talked about domestic violence yes. is up. Yes. Uh, it, it happens. because, And it's for two reasons. One, the abuser uh, many times is under stress, perhaps. Even more than average. Yeah, and so they become where they get you know, very difficult more vicious and then you've got the person who's being abused and they don't feel like they have anywhere to go because there's not enough money for them maybe to go anywhere a main tactic that abusers use is to isolate their victims and this just plays right into that yeah by, by keeping people at home and away from their friends and their family and their work 
You know, and I, I know people don't like to hear this, but you, there's a lot of people that are living their lives in fear right now. There are a lot of people that are terrified yeah. of the mask. You got to you got to get over this. You just got to get over this because if you can't get over this, then you're going to wear a mask for the rest of your you're life. Be paralyzed in your everyday life for the rest right. of your life. You might as well wear a mask because, folks, there's germs everywhere. There's viruses That's everywhere. Right. That's you know, right. that can affect you. I mean, I went and got my flu shot just the other day. Now, a lot of people say, well, that doesn't do any good, Dave. Well, I Can't will just hurt. tell you, I've <laughs> never had it. I've never had the flu so bad that it just devastated me for many years. And the, the year that it did devastate me, I didn't get a flu shot. All right. It, it leveled me. Now, I will tell you that at the beginning of this year, I felt really, really, really uh, puny. That's the way my mom would have said. Yeah, I felt puny, uh, and I felt bad, and I felt tired all the time, and and I, I was running a low grade fever. I think, and I, you know, I haven't had a test. They <laughs> haven't they haven't jammed that big Q tip up my nose yet. But I'm just saying that I wonder if I didn't have this early on before people knew what it was that we were talking. Could have been just regular flu. I don't know. Bad case of a of a cold there's there's some data floating around you know you have to look around for it that you know it may have started here in our country back in november last fall and i've heard several people say uh i had a friend said you know i was in new york in late january and i came home early february sick for a week i think i had it i've not been tested you know, many people I know have said, I think I've had some symptoms. Of course, every symptom they give us is something that you could have at any time. Well, sure. Know? It's like normal symptoms. Covers it's hard a to know. lot of areas. Covers a lot of areas. I guess the biggest ones are lack of smell, lack of taste. Yeah, they say that. And I had the, the lack of smell thing. Look, uh, I don't I don't keep food in my mouth long enough while I'm eating it. <laughs> To really, <laughs> to really taste it a lot of times, you know what I'm saying? Oh, come on. I eat fast. My wife says I eat slow, but I feel like I eat fast. It depends if I like what I'm eating. That's the key. But, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I just, I just know that I think when you look at the statistics, if you look at the statistics, the bottom line is, there's nothing to be scared of this any more than you're scared about cancer. I think more people are killed with car accidents, actually. Well, sure, I mean, truly, they are. That's truly, always and people drive their cars case. every day. Yep. And, I'm, yeah, you put your seatbelt on when you get in, and you watch for other drivers. Take you your chances. Take your chances, but you protect yourself, and you live your life. Yep. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. All right, first break here in the 6 o'clock hour. Let's get that in. Then we'll be back. Elizabeth and I will be uh, to talk further. And then a statement from uh, Nate Smith when he was the head of the Arkansas Department of Health. That concerns me. I'll uh, talk about it when we return. Let's uh, continue here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. I, I want to have Elizabeth read a paragraph from the article from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Was that for today? Um, you know, let's see. I think it is, yes, well, October the 11th. Okay. October the 11th. It's on your website, on your right. Facebook page, rather. And, and and there's a paragraph as you move through this story, uh, and it's a paragraph of a response from Dr. Nate Smith. Now, understand, Nate Smith is 
really has no play here in the state of Arkansas anymore because he went to the CDC and now he's out of the CDC and I don't know what he's doing. I think he's still there, but he's gone from here and we have somebody else yeah. in his so, um, spot. Okay, so he's still with the Centers of Disease Control. He's a smart guy. I mean, he really, really is. He's a but, smart guy. But this is the classic argument we're seeing it played out on a national basis and i can't remember the gentleman's name that trump added to his virus team yes because he is more on our side of the discussion and trump is and they're trying to get some varying opinions instead of just a one one blinders on viewpoint of this thing yeah and it's not like we can count and say you know 53 percent of the doctors fall on this side and uh, 47% fall on the other side. That's not the way it plays out. You should hear what they're all saying so that, we, you know, we can get. And, and the people who are saying that we should reopen up the uh, economy are not a bunch of radical, crazy people. They're just not. Uh, they, they have statistics on their side as well uh, to be looked at and to be considered. But we go back to Nate Smith. What did he say? I'm going to have Elizabeth read this paragraph. I want you to, they're talking about reopening. And listen to how Nate Smith prefaces and sets forth his argument. Dr. Smith, and this is directly quoted from the paper, um, although business owners who were flooding his email inbox wanted the state to open up quickly, Smith wrote, Many of the workers on the front line of the pandemic in grocery and retail stores, hospitals, and dental offices are desperately afraid. Their emails are less frequent, less strident, and often anonymous, he wrote. Since they have considerably less economic and political power than the owners, their voices are more difficult to hear. But there are a lot more of them. They are generally at higher risk than owners for contracting COVID-19 through their work. They have fewer options if they or their family members become sick, and they have to go back to work once their employers reopen. In Arkansas, this is the real battle line in the class struggle. Okay, so we have that, and then there's another piece in that that I want to talk about first. Go back to the middle of what he's talking about, and he says about the workers that they are extremely afraid they're desperately afraid desperately okay that his word not mine desperately Desperately afraid afraid. why who has made them desperately so afraid. afraid so desperately afraid why is that a case with a disease whose mortality rate is so low that that's the question here And I believe it has to go back to at the very beginning when it broke, the news broke about this virus. And they were saying 2.2 million people were going to die and and all the different things. They made this sound like the black death that led to the dark ages. I mean, that's the way they... And they're still doing it. They profited it. They keep talking about the number of infections on the media infections don't mean squat it's the well they do but i mean it depends on who gets sick who has to go in the hospital and who dies i mean who's and how many people are, are going to die from the flu all right a lot of people will die from the flu and we're not running around and know. yeah we're not looking like the guy from airplane the movie airplane 
uh, running around with his hands up in the air and shaking them around, going, oh, the plane's going to crash. You know, that whole thing. That's that's not, uh, and that's not the correct way to respond in, in the first place. But that's how the media responded at first about COVID-19. And it's how the Democrats are still responding. Yeah, look, look at how many people... You know, look at look at the bodies are piling up. Remember, the number in, of infections in, in is China? going up. Remember well, all contagious. the stuff that we were hearing about China, and they were showing people were sneaking out video bites from China, and you, you you're seeing all these people and like the hazmat suits and everything going around treating people, and it showed them. You know, uh, they said they that they were you know piling up bodies like cordwood and and all the rest. I mean, they scared the living crap out of everybody. And when, uh, you know, our, quote, uh, Department of, of Health for the United States came to the president and said, we need to shut it down, he took their advice and he shut it down. Now, in hindsight, which is always 2020, always understand that, I'm not going to blame uh, the uh, people on the front lines for the decisions that they made. I wasn't there making those decisions. Uh, they did, though, and they shut it down. But I do believe it's time to reopen it up. I mean, the the, the, the figures and, and the information says we should open it up. You shouldn't be hiding in your apartment, crouched in a corner, <laughs> you know, worried that things are coming that the world is coming to an end that that's not what's happening it just isn't what's happening but that's what the democrats would want you to believe so that you do stay home and you don't come out and our economy goes downhill and you don't vote and they get their way they're using this against us well never let a you know <laughs> crisis, a crisis go, to go to waste i mean <laughs> that's go. that's a that is an active uh, device that rahm emanuel uh, so well articulated during the Obama uh, era uh, that they use. They, they really do use it. Now, I won't say that other people don't use it. I'm going to tell you what. Some of the things that they put into place after 9-11 should never have gotten into place. They shouldn't have been able to just easily listen in on our conversations and things of that nature. A break. Got to get a break in, then we'll come back. We'll finish it up for the 6 o'clock hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's uh, get back to talking about this whole thing about uh, reopening because I think that it is a just a huge, huge topic. I believe that uh, the, the people at the top of our uh, government here in the state of Arkansas, I understand being cautious, but I also can tell you you can be overly cautious i'll give you an idea i've raised eight kids okay i am not a helicopter parent i'm not the kind of parent that hovers over my children and watches them you know all the time i let them go outside i let them play i let them ride their bikes i let them ride their bikes from the house to go over to the softball field to play their games then I'd go over and watch the games because they had to be there an hour ahead 
uh, to be ready to play because the game might start early or, or whatever. Plus, they had to take infield, a little batting practice and things of that nature, talk to the coach. And I don't want to be there for all of that. I don't need to be there for all that, but I want to be there to support them when they're in the game. So uh, I would do that. And there were people that would say, you let your kids do that? Somebody might snatch them up. I said, chances of them being snatched up is low. I'm just telling you. You always hear the worst stories about that. In Arkansas, you always hear about Morgan Nick when they're saying that. On the news, all right? And believe it or not, kids were snatched up before now. Like I say, in Arkansas, it's about Morgan and Nick. I can you tell you, kids that. were being snatched up when I was a kid, and I would go out and, and play, and you know what the rule of my house was? <laughs> my my mom kicked us out the screen door at about 9 o'clock in the morning, Yep. and then she says, I'll see you for lunch. That's it. And then she would, after lunch, we'd go out to play some more, and she says, when the, when the street lights come on... You better be home. Come home. <laughs> It was the same in our I mean, neighborhood. That's the way. That's the way it was. And we might be on the other side of the block playing. The one difference, Dave, though, is when we were on the other side of the block playing, there was a mom somewhere in that house over there on that other side of the street that was watching us, just like our mom did on our side of the street. But I that think doesn't that, happen anymore. Well, I don't believe. I don't believe that entirely. Not, not either. to the degree that it was. I well, no, I'm not going to say because the nuclear family, that's right. as we remember that's it, right. is not and the same anymore. People are not at home longer. in the day. You know, everybody's out working. That's right. You know, doing their, doing their thing. They've they've put materialism over their families is what they've done. And man, you may not like what I just said, but if you think about it, it's the truth. Okay, it's it's just a flat out truth. Back to where we started early this morning. On your deathbed, you're not going to be going. Yeah, I needed to do more business. Yeah, I you're right, to, to, man. You know. I could have used another car. Yeah, you know, I could have taken another loan. And I sure wish my business. I had a, a faster <laughs> bass boat. You know that kind of stuff. No. I'm going to tell you that's not going to be on your lips or for most of on you. your brain. That's for right. most of you, you won't. As Billy Graham used to say, "There's not a hearse going to the graveyard that has a U-Haul behind it." <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah, because you, you, oh, you can't take it with you. Can't take it it's with you. It's just the bottom line. You can enjoy it while you got it, but you can't take it with you. And if you're enjoying it so much that your family suffers, you put your priorities wrong. They're wrong. Because if that's the way you think, you should never have had a family in the first place. But with, with that said, with that said, again, is that uh, folks – you just got to understand that life inherently comes with risk. Everybody, it comes with risk. Everybody. That's right. I mean, I take a risk. If, let me tell you, for a long time, I really took a risk when I had to drive 67167 <laughs> back and forth was, to work when they were working on and it. They were working on it, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was terrible. It's nerve-wracking. Out there. Mm-hmm. It was nerve-wracking. Uh, but I, I made it through it. Day after day, did my did did my thing, and so did many of you. That's key. I'm talking to you today. This is a personal thing with me to talk to everybody I can and say, take stock of what you're doing Think with your it. life. Think about it. Every second you're spending locked up in your home, not enjoying life, is a second you do not get, get back. back. Gone forever. 
Okay, now you had something about some doctors have come out, and 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 it's a sizable, very big sizable number of doctors. Well, and what yeah, is it? This this movement about you know reopening. There's something out there called the Great Barrington Declaration. It's a worldwide thing. Over forty thousand people worldwide so far have signed it. Four thousand epidemiologists, doctors, and public health professionals have signed it. And it is a statement that says nations should return to normal life as we continue to fight COVID-19. Shutdowns are not the way to go, and we just need to protect the vulnerable and figure out a way for the rest of us to live our lives. 40,000 people worldwide. It's called the Great Barrington Declaration. Are are these doctors that have signed this? Well, people, 4,000, about 10% of the... Help me with my math. You know how bad yeah. I am. 4,000 out of 40,000. Yeah. Well, 10%. 4,000, 10% epidemiologists, doctors, and public health professionals. And I would almost bet that the reason more people haven't signed it yet is because this is one of those things I saw, you know, buried deep in some other article, and it hasn't been talked about on the news very much. No. But you can look it up. We'll put a link on your Facebook later today. Uh, Great Barrington Declaration Worldwide stop the shutdowns well the world health organization has totally reversed their position (laughs) uh, that they had at the beginning of this uh, the information that came out because let's let's face this again they were getting the same things that we were getting about you know people looking like michael jackson with their hair on fire uh (laughs) running around and and saying you know, the world is coming to an end, and so they started saying, we got to shut it all down, and now they've totally reversed their course on that. And that's a good thing, okay? I mean, well, yeah, it's, I it's agree maddening, it's a good thing. But it's a good thing because they're looking at data and information, and they're adjusting their uh, responses based on that. And that we want them to do this. We don't want to stick with what we thought we knew back in March. That's not going to get us where we need to be yeah so the the bottom yeah. line is i you know we know you know mortality and the way things are as far as the younger you are the less chance there are that you're going to be sick and i'm not one that's saying to you go out and if you're like me 67 years old and a type 2 diabetic uh to to run into verizon arena and uh, go see a concert with uh, Elton John. And go hang uh, out. Who's coming night. at 2022. Uh, and then go out to a bar and hang out closely with all of my friends and uh, not wear a mask. Okay. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. I no, might be do, reasonable. To be honest, I might do that. I Just to be honest with you, but probably not. Uh, I go I go to the movies. I'm going again uh, Friday or Saturday night. Liam Neeson has a new movie coming out about the honest thief, I think is what it's called. We'll talk more about that on Friday in the 835 hour with Matt Smith. But, uh, you know, I go to the movies. I mean, there's, sep- there's a six foot of social distancing. Uh, everybody's wearing a mask until they sit down in their seats. By that time, they got their popcorn and their drinks and whatever. You sit down, you can take your mask off, sit back and enjoy a movie. I'm, uh, they disinfect the theater in between showings and, and all the way. I'm, I'm not worried. I really am. Uh, if you are worried, don't go. Okay. I'll tell you, just 
live your life that way. If that if you're that scared, live your life that way. But the rest of us who aren't let other people have the liberty, live their lives, the liberty and the freedom to live our lives That's without right. having those excessive restrictions. Let me just say, if you're 25 years old, the last thing I want you to do is to have to sit home. at home and uh, and just binge watch Netflix or or Amazon Prime because somehow people think that you're protecting me. You're not protecting me. I protect myself. I'm, that's why it's your responsibility. That's why I carry a gun many times. <laughs> it's your own responsibility. That's All right. right. I I do my own self defense. Okay. I don't need you to do it. Just be honest about it. Well, and people are waking up to this as I look a little further on the Barrington Declaration. This is only Tuesday. It was only released publicly last Tuesday. It has already gained forty thousand signatures and, and nobody's was, heard about it I and mean, nobody's I, heard about it yet look it, i'm pretty much involved in stuff and you hadn't heard it. i hadn't heard about it i ran across it like say in the depths of something else and it says here that the effort was spearheaded by doctors from harvard stanford and oxford university yeah so, those are the smart guys right supposedly about. these doctors i mean i tend to supposedly I tend to listen more and and it you know, either side, but I tend to listen to those folks. They know what they're talking about. All the experts on Twitter who, you know, last week were experts on immigration, and now they're experts this week as epidemiologists. You know, we don't need to be listening to those folks. Yeah, it's just, it's just something that I got to tell you, we need to open up things. We focused, really knew Focused protection. And I, I'm, I'm pleading with the governor to open things up more. I'm not saying you got to open it 100%. I'll even say you don't have to open 75%, but I think we could go 60%. Our county government in Faulkner County is still not operational. You can't go into any of the county offices. You're urged, and the phone numbers are all over the front of the website. If you have business, you're supposed to call them on the phone and figure out how you're going to work it out because they're not open. I'm, I, I will say this, that if COVID-19, because remember, they called it the novel coronavirus well it was which means it was one they never had seen before now they've gotten their hands around it some they understand it much much better and uh, you shouldn't have to live your life in fear you really shouldn't have to live your life in fear and of course if you're a christ follower as you've pointed out before yeah, I don't live my life in, in most fear. Most of us, that I've brings been, a great amount I've of been comfort. Ordered. <laughs> I've been ordered. I've been commanded. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. How fear many times in the not. Bible? 300 so, and something times? 365 times. Uh, that's I what think. I've been told. Uh, one for every day. Yep. 365 times. Fear not. Because when you start fearing that you don't think God is in control, you become an atheist. Well, I know my human brain is not in charge. That's all, okay? that's all I mean, I'll you know, say. I'm, I'm a human. I'm not in charge. That's becoming an atheist. You're, you're denying the power of God that's at right. that point. That's and right. I, that I will not do. And uh, although there's a lot of you that may not believe in God out there, I won't go into what the Bible says about the person who looks around and says there is no God. But uh, you know, I just got to tell you, um, there's more reasons to get out and live your life than there's reasons not to get out and live your life. I'm encouraged by this this uh, declaration in that in a week, 40,000 people who don't know much about what's going on have said, this is the way we need to go. And they're calling it focused protection. Protect those that are vulnerable. You know, it's called neighbor, self-defense. 
Yeah, take care of yourself. Yeah. And if your neighbor is, you know, an elderly individual with health conditions, then go over there and tell them you'll be happy to shop for their groceries. But way. you don't need to stay home if you're healthy and young. If you're smart, I believe, you have self-defense weapons or tools in your home. All right? And perhaps in the small of your back. Just to make sure if something goes sideways, you can deal with it. Now, or have if, a chance if, to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, if, if something goes sideways, there's police out there that can help you as well, okay? They usually show up after the fact, but they're out there. Yeah. Well, let's look at it this way. There's a disease out there, and there's things that you can do to On be self-defensive about yourself. And if everything you do doesn't help you and you end up with the disease, there's doctors that and, then work with you. And medical, you know, intervention and look at all this treatment that we found out about just last week. And Trump is talking about Regeneron and all these different uh, vaccine efforts. Oh, we're doing phenomenal work. And that's another thing. We don't hear anything about that because they don't want you to know. I'm being positive for you today. I'm, I'm tonight. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to live your life in fear. Look all up right? the stats. Check it out. Educate yourself. Go to my website, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show. Read the articles that I've posted. All right. We need to get a final break in. Elizabeth and I will be back to wrap it up in just a moment. Final segment for uh, our 6 o'clock hour. Elizabeth, let me just say uh, thank you for coming in today. Uh, you uh, played a very integral part earlier in the show talking about the Faulkner County tax reallocation uh, vote that's coming up here in 21 days three weeks the same thing Very same important. day same day as the uh, election so for president and, you know uh, issue one and everybody's asked me about that by issue one two three i vote no on all of them that's what that's how that's how i'll cast my vote no on one vote on uh, two and on three one is dealing with the half cent sales tax uh two Making it permanent yeah <laughs> now two is uh changing how we go about doing uh term limits is it term term, two limits? Is term limits okay and they're trying to again come right back in and be able to take a break and come back yeah four years and then come back and, and come back and, and, and then, do this then it's not clear if they got to take another four years off and i've heard that it's an indefinite that, cycle okay well that's what i hear but that's not i don't kinda know what it says but anyway yeah uh, I'll vote no on it. I thought we were very clear when we voted term limits the first time away with what yeah, Tim so. Jacobs ran ran mm-hmm, on and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then lastly, the change in how they want to oh. be able to do referendums. Uh, referendums. Now, I understand something has to be done to control that. Some. Absolutely. However, this is not the way <laughs> it should not be just on the citizens of the state that's part of it that's part of it part and of this is is that look the uh the the, the folks up there uh in the the house and in the senate nothing changes basically for them that's part of the part and, of the and thing. that's a problem for that's me that's a problem for me um one of my favorite lawmakers and i had a conversation about this and he was trying to urge me to vote for it and he says look you know this is our way of controlling this out-of-state money i know who you're casinos. talking about yeah the casinos <laughs> and the uh you know all these things they've brought in and they tried to push ranked voting into our state i understand that logic 
my personal problem, not only is it a constitutional amendment, that's a deal killer right off the bat for me, but the second underlying problem I have with it is a constant issue as well, and that is if you're going to put a thing in front of me to vote on, it should be one thing, not this particular piece, this particular uh, issue. It is huge. It changes dates. It changes methods. It changes numbers. It changes a lot of things about the referendum so the exact process. Same, it's a I, complete rework. I don't see how it can how it can stand and get on to the um, ballot. I mean, it would because, think that if it went before the Supreme Court, they would say one issue, one issue only. But here's the thing. You know, it all has to do with this is one of the three that our lawmakers bring forward every single cycle Correct. by law. They're allowed. One yeah. comes out of the Senate. One comes out of the House. They agree on a third is what I've been told. And they never miss an opportunity to bring at least three in front of us. And they are pre-screened. They don't, you know, by the time it goes through their own processes, they don't have to go in front of. I'm sorry, I don't think it's the Secretary of State anymore where you get your ballot title approved. No, it is They not. don't have to do any of that. It's already done as part of the process. So once it's approved, it's in. You should period. go before the AG. It does not go yeah, before the AG in any longer. because it came through the lawmakers. And again, that's I understand they are our lawmakers. That's why your vote is important. You need to know who your representatives are and how they're going to take care of your interests. But to, to try to adjust this uh, out-of-state money, taking over in our state this is not the way to go yeah well i'm with you I, I it, don't it restricts disagree. the people even further and it's hard enough now we can't hardly get through on referendums now yeah i something has to change but they're going to have to change it in such a way that it's fair across the board i mean if you want to if if they had if they would have said uh i might have fallen for gone gone for this if they said we're going to increase all the number of signatures, how many counties you have to have, because right now it's like 15 counties. Yeah, and it's the, going to 45. And it's going up to 45. Whoa. If you want to do that and raise the bar that high for the people, then how about the state house and the state senator will we'll cut back ours to one? Yeah. I mean, again. At that point, then, I, I think I can find uh, it within myself to vote for it, but... Not the way it is right now. And see, I'd take it a further a step further. I'd sort of get rid of this idea that you get to put forth things that go on the Constitution and say, you know, make it a law. Make well, it a law. I agree Why not with that. make it a law? That's your job. Get Why yourself not make together it a law? And, and do it the way you should yeah. do it. Yeah. Instead of Push it through copping out on voting and saying we'll pass it on to the people. Well, and you know what that is, because then they can stand there and hold their hands and say, oh, the people voted. See, that's one of the arguments they're using on us in Faulkner County as well. Yeah. You know, go ahead and put it to the people and, uh, you know. Yeah, but they fought against it for so long to put it to the people. That's right. That goes against what the, they have been saying all along. It's pretty obvious what's going on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're just playing semantic games with you is 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 what they're doing. All right. We're, uh, we're getting close to our end of our time today. Uh, if you have not heard this, the show today. Uh, in the 6 and 7 o'clock hour, 6 to 7, uh, you've heard now the 6 o'clock hour. Go back and listen to the 6 a.m. hour. You can find it, it at a, a podcast on 1011fmtheanswer.com. Yeah, that's a good thing to go listen to. You can even watch it uh, on the uh, on the Facebook. You can do that as well. Well, there's the music. That's uh, you know, what, that, what that says is, shut up, Dave. you got to wait until tomorrow to come back on and talk further. Elizabeth, thanks for coming by. My pleasure. Great stuff. 
Tomorrow, 6 a.m., uh, David Ray will be on. We'll talk about those three issues. Uh, then in the 635, a gentleman's going to come up and talk about how they built this panic in the United States dealing with COVID-19. French Hill will be on at 705. I don't think I got anybody for 735 yet. 8 o'clock, it's Joe and Duck, and they'll be by. Don't forget Thursday, 705, Diamond and Silk, exclusively here on the Dave Ellswick Show.